0: Welcome to For What It's Worth. Yay, we're here for another episode. And guess what? Tugs isn't here, so we're going to get up to so much naughtiness. It will be so much fun. Um, I actually have a lovely guest here today, a guest host, which you've heard of him before. His name is Click. Hello, Click. How's it going? Good. Good. (laughs) (laughs) What are we going to be talking about today?
1: Um, We are going to be talking about AIDS and other STDs.
0: And everybody just shut it off the episode.
1: <laughs> They're it like, won't, it won't be a, that bad, I promise.
0: It's a grim episode. No, I'm just kidding. It's going to be a lot of fun. We, we have a wonderful guest. His, he's in the wings. His name is Mr. Sanders. He's, he's getting serviced as we speak. So, um, <laughs> so what have you been up to, Mr. Click?
1: Um, nothing. Nothing? <laughs> um, no, actually, I recently became a homo. homeowner homeowner
0: (laughs) so how long
1: have you been a homo (laughs) um i don't know i can't answer that Uh, Uh, but other than that that's pretty much dominated my life for the last while so
0: so tell us about the process of buying your very first home it sucks (laughs) that's a that's a lot of good advice it
1: it it you know it's great but it's a lot of work um anything It's a you process would... it, it's you it's you know you you think you go look at a house and then you decide you want it and then you buy it and that's all there is to it but there's actually a lot of competition involved and it's kind of stressful
0: <laughs> well the housing market right now is really really like booming right uh, uh, or so it's probably been pretty difficult. It
1: It is definitely a seller's market right now.
0: You definitely have to jump on anything that you yeah. see. So um, anything else that you've been up to?
1: Not really. <laughs> like I said, the buying a house just eliminates your whole... Yeah, well, buying a house and then fixing it up. So what have you been doing to fix up your home? Oh, geez. Well... I was smart and bought a house that's been a rental for 20 years. You know, so it's So new. in other
0: words, it's in shambles. Yeah,
1: well, yeah structurally it's great. You know, <laughs> but no, it actually really wasn't that bad. Just some flooring, paint, basic stuff. I mean, there's other repairs that need to be done, but I'm not going to worry about that right now. <laughs>
0: So I have been, of course, and most of you know that I love video games. So I've been playing some, some video games and I've been going through Link's Awakening, which was like super, super old school. So it was, <laughs> it's kind of interesting going through the re- remastered version and remembering where everything is located and stuff like that. But anyways. Okay, um, so, uh,
1: so as uh, a non-Zelda entrepreneur... Basically, I played Zelda One, and that was it. I haven't played anything since. So, is so is this like something new? It's a, or is it like a remake of everything?
0: No, it's a remake of the old Link's Awakening that was on Game Boy. Oh, okay. So it's one particular <laughs> game that they remade. Um. And then for some reason I've been watching old reality TV shows. Is that terrible? <laughs> That's really bad. I must be really getting desperate, but I've been watching The Mole. <laughs> That's cheating. <laughs> because I already know like the ending. Right, you. <laughs> uh, I need to get a life. Uh, speaking of getting a life, I've been. Uh, we also have been um, putting in our time to um, to involve ourselves in the ASL. Um, I mean, sorry, ALS charity walk, <laughs> not American Sign Language. The ASL. <laughs> <sighs> you,
1: you know that happens a lot. What people do that switch the, the two ASL. of them. Yeah.
0: So yeah, we went out there with fursuits suits and walked around and um, just help spread smiling faces and um, and there's a lot of my friends have have um, connections with dog bomb or has. Um, has friends that are connected with dog bomb. And and I know that that's, that's really affected our community. Um, that's what, what has happened to him. Um, for those that aren't aware, um, what happened is, um, dog bomb was very, um, was pretty well known within the furry community, but, um, he was diagnosed with ALS and slowly his life is kind of, was kind of being taken away from, from him. Um, but he won the battle in the end, and but
1: um, well, I don't know if I'd say that.
0: Not not really, but you know, you can't really
1: say <laughs> he, that he he made things the way he wanted them. He didn't let it take control, and that's uh, m- most of the reason. You know, because I've seen um a lot of people. You know, well, he's not the only person, and. And you know, he, he wasn't the only one ever affected and that's true, but he was so positive and upbeat and inspirational and I'm not going to let it win and I'm going to take it into my own hands and this is how I'm going to live and I'm not going to let the doctors tell me how to do it. And that's why it affected everybody so much because he was so positive and inspirational and. This is how it's gonna be and it's you know, and it just and it, it's true, he's not the only one affected. It ALS affects a lot of people and it's a horrible thing.
0: <sighs> I, I don't have anything else
1: to say. But I, anyways, yeah, that's that's not the discussion today, but
0: but <laughs> that's that's why we went out and yeah, walked and but that's
1: yeah, you do you know, you do what you can.
0: Do your part. There was definitely lots of smiles there. There was a there was a dog that wanted to attack me, but you know, (laughs) but overall it was it was a lot of fun, and I really enjoy uh, volunteering for these different charities. And in fact, we have a new charity, I mean another charity that we're going to be volunteering really soon, which is strut your mutt, and so we'll be going around in suit and walking around to help raise money for um, no more homeless pets. So
1: yay, that one's always fun.
0: So. It's that time.
2: Will he reuse another one? Is he ready? Is he going to bed with pastries again? It's Ruse Cookie Time, not sponsored by Betty Crocker.
0: And actually, our guest has the cookie for today. So please... Mr. Sanders, give us the the cookie.
3: Let me open the wrapper here. Crinkle, 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 crinkle.
0: (laughs) The
4: sound effects are amazing.
3: Crack. Ah. Stupid man by wife, grand piano. Smart man by wife, upright organ. In bed with cookie.
1: Okay, and we're back, and I am not Rue. I am Click. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Click. <laughs> I hope everybody enjoyed their potty break because I know I did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what is that supposed to mean? <clears throat> is, are, are, are we talking about like specifically like showers, like golden showers, like that's what you? It wasn't were that long of a
1: potty break, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway. So, we are here with Mr. Sanders. Who are you, sir?
3: Who am I? You know, I've been really wondering about that myself. <laughs> <laughs> Who are any of Who us really? <laughs> Who are we really? Why are we here? Why uh, are we here? Why, uh, we're here to talk about HIV, STIs, uh, and uh, give give people some real um, current information, and uh also make it uh fun and interesting. So imagine making HIV fun. <laughs> 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 but but damn it, that's what I'm here to do today. <laughs>
1: well, good.
0: So, tell us a little bit about yourself. Like what do you do for the the community here in Utah or at, uh for the LGBTQ community as a whole?
3: Hmm. Well, uh
0: well, it's like, what do you not do?
3: <laughs> I, I do, I do quite a few things. Uh, so here in Salt Lake, I, I, I'm basically I run a lot of events. Both in, uh, I run a major event called the Urban Flea Market, uh, and uh, I also am the underwriting director for a nonprofit radio station here in Salt Lake. Um, and in addition, uh, because of a lot of work that I've done. Um, Within the LGBT community, as far as outreach and education for HIV, um, AIDS, and STIs, um, I have been appointed to the State of Utah Health Department's Planning Commission for HIV and uh, developed a program um, for PrEP here in Salt Lake County, and that has gone on to a statewide program. Oh, nice.
0: Um. Also, you you do um some stuff with Mr. Friendly. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
3: Yeah. So Mr. Friendly is an international grassroots movement um, that was founded by Dave Watts, who is a leather holder. By the way, I'm also a, a person of leather. Okay. Uh, so it was a it was a title year project for Dave Watts. Um, and uh, basically, what we what we are we are individual teams around the country and the world that do outreach and events um, to educate people about the latest information about um, HIV um, and to help reduce the stigma of HIV, um, which uh, our end goal is to um, encourage testing and to increase a positive life for people that are living with HIV.
0: So are you a furry?
3: I am not a furry, but i am a furry supporter supporter <laughs> <laughs> and then
0: the next question is, is when will you join us <laughs> well it's not
3: like i've never had pieces of a fur suit on which i have and you uh, have now oh yeah I have. you've had that experience oh Good. i've had that experience yeah Good. quite a bit yeah um but strictly uh, you know not really um not in really, not in a family-friendly way. <laughs> you mean you? Well, it weren't, depends who your family is, I guess. You,
0: you mean you weren't walking around charity events?
3: Um, no, I wasn't.
0: <laughs> so people are going to be wanting to ask, like, how was your first experience being an outsider to the fandom or to to being a furry, like? How was your experience getting into a fursuit and would you ever do that again?
3: Oh, I absolutely would would again. So um so when you say gotten into a fursuit, are you implying that <laughs> I am completely in the fursuit or just parts of me?
0: <laughs> I thought that you were in I thought you were in the suit, not inside the fursuiter.
3: Both. I've done both. both. <laughs> <laughs> All of the above. Uh, so here's so a funny story. Um, a couple of years ago, <clears throat> I went to a an event that um, our leather family do um, every year. And as part of this event, we do a, a um, talent show. So I decided that I was going to enter the talent show, but uh, not let anyone know that I was going to do it. And one of the people that is, that are in my um, leather circle of of friends, um, his nickname is tiger. So I went out and I bought myself a tiger furry, one of those cheap ones from Walmart. Yeah, just a cheap Halloween costume knockoff. Yeah, exactly. Tiger head, a, um, reproduction 1950s pinup girl tiger <laughs> um dress with the full gloves and the boa and and fetish high heels and the whole thing now you can't see me o- over the podcast but I'm not really sort of a drag friendly per like I like not that I don't love drag but I'm you know I'm like a bigger guy and you're, I'm like you're a very masculine build yeah exactly so
0: but, he would be one of those people that if you saw him in an alleyway, you probably wouldn't <laughs> talk to him. <laughs> Just kidding.
3: Well, you know, hopefully you'll talk to me yeah, in an alley sure. and then come back to my place. Oh, <laughs> so anyhow, I um, had a friend that does drag lend me um, her, her boobs and her padded hips. And so during the talent competition, I snuck away uh, and I – Got dressed in this tiger drag outfit, and when it was my turn to come on, I came out and I I wouldn't lip sync because you can't lip sync as a persona, but um um to this fifties song called "Teach Me Tiger" by April Stevens, <laughs> which is this real sort of sexy, you know, "Teach Me Tiger How to Please You Whoa 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 Whoa,", whoa. <laughs> and I had various. Uh, implements of BDSM torture. I had a little whip, I had a crop, I had a paddle, and I directed all my attention towards my friend Tiger. (laughs) 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 And no one knew who the hell this person was doing this thing because I kept it on the DL completely. And at the very end of the song, I pulled my uh, Tiger hood off <gasps> the big reveal the magic. i broke the magic and everyone let out a sh- scream <laughs> that it was you it was kind of that like victor victoria thing pulling off the wig you know <laughs> uh-huh. that's that's awesome <laughs> <laughs> that's not really being in a furry persona, but it was close uh, it's it's your first
1: step into a larger world
3: yes it was fun by the way, if you're interested in a tiger drag queen, my number is... No. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know, I do always love that answer to the question, are you a furry? Because <laughs> it's astounding how much you get, no, I'm not a furry, but. <laughs> yeah, that because was a that was a long great.
0: answer to that question, but it was great. <laughs> we need more answers like that. Uh, do you remember what show that you were on last here? And what we talked about.
3: I, you know, I remember being here. I remember that we talked about all, all sorts of things. And I know that we shared a story about a furry party that was quite interesting. <laughs> <laughs> and as, uh, as most of the conversations I have um, on different podcasts and stuff, it was a very sex-positive conversation, which um, today will be as well. Yes.
0: So the topic that we're going to be discussing today is specifically um, AIDS, HIV. We're going to be talking about a little bit about prep and um, uh, STDs, STIs. uh, STIs, I'm so sorry, and then also um, a little bit about sex education here in Utah, or just sex
3: education (laughs) overall in general. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. So, um, so the first thing that I like to say whenever I do a talk about HIV um, and AIDS. Um, is that in 2019, um, we should be more cautious about using the word AIDS because um, AIDS really describes um, a a later stage of an HIV or an advanced HIV infection, which thankfully, due to modern medicine, um, occurs with a lot less frequency these days. So many people live um, normal healthy lives being HIV positive um, with today's uh, antiretroviral therapy drugs. So when we say, oh, someone has AIDS, we need to be very cautious about that because that really is a very specific diagnosis and thankfully does not happen as often as it used to.
1: Right. And that's that's definitely one of the stigmas and that, and that people need to understand is, it so often hiv and aids is always the same thing when you're exactly right it's not so hiv is uh h- human immunodeficiency virus right right and, age, and aids and is, aids and... is actually just one of the things that you can get because you're deficient uh, uh right. immune it, wise so
3: it's a it's a it's a, an advanced um stage right. of that infection um it's when you're different levels of your blood, Um, one goes up, one goes down, and uh, that leads to um, a diagnosis of of AIDS. And luckily, with today's medicine, it's happening less and less, but unfortunately, it still happens. Right.
0: So what specifically is HIV?
3: So HIV is a virus. Um, It's a virus that is contracted um, really only um, a few ways. Um, so it can be, um, you, you can um, encounter the HIV virus and become infected with the HIV virus um, either through blood, semen, breast milk, uh, or vaginal secretions. And that's it. So tears and spit and um, all the other things that um, some people think that, you know, you could. Um, contract the HIV, the HIV virus really aren't true. There's really only those four ways to contract the virus. And the virus is actually a very delicate little flower, I like to refer to it. Um, it really has to be under the best of circumstances, um, which is why um, um, anal sex with, uh, with men that have sex with men is a very uh, high-risk factor because it's direct you know no link to the air it's all internal right
0: so there's there is some people that are like well um that they may have questions of like how specifically that they can receive and we'll we'll go into that in, in, in a minute but what we wanted to also um bring up is like can you give us a little bit of the history um behind um HIV uh, maybe um, speak a little bit towards the past of um you know the aids e- epidemic
3: so i'm fifty six i 'll be fifty seven this year, so i lived through and and I was openly gay um since the late nineteen seventies and so i I lived through the entire um beginning of what is this thing, this thing that had no name um uh, this thing that no one knew how it was being contracted, um, and through the whole um, um, di- different discoveries that happened, um, that it was a virus, and um, how the virus was contracted, and then um, the early anti uh, uh, antiviral drugs, um, to the point that we are today with m- modern drugs that really combat um, the virus very effectively. They don't cure the virus, but they suppress the virus so much that, um, if you are HIV positive and you are diligent and taking your antiretroviral, um, medicine, um, you will suppress your viral load count to a point that it is uh, undetectable. And you may have heard this term recently, you know, hopefully that, um, undetectable equals untransmittable. That means that if you have sex with someone that is HIV positive, positive, with an undetectable viral load, they cannot transmit the virus to you. Period. With condoms, without condoms, it's just not possible. Um, so, and that's a big, big thing. Um, it's a, uh, and it's, you know, the CDC and the World Health Organizations have all come out. Um, to let people know about this and there's still people that just don't know or just don't believe it. But it's a fact. Right. Well, and that's something um you know to touch on with
1: honesty and openness. Um you know, if 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 you are HIV positive, even if you're undetectable, you should still tell everybody, especially if you're if you're, you know, having sex or playing around. However, knowing that you know, the, the undetectable is untransmittable is, you know, it's huge. It's a it's a big thing now, um, you know, but that's not an excuse to not tell people.
3: Well, you know, I think conversations regarding sex are are a thing. And that's just one of the things that you should be talking about. Um, people should be better at talking about sex, what they want out of sex, negotiating the kinds of things that they want, what they don't want. um. But honestly, I don't feel that people that are HIV positive that are um, suppressed virally um, need to come out publicly. No, no, no he definitely. Yeah, you one. shouldn't tell everybody. But. Oh no! <laughs> and also, because there's a lot of misconceptions right, that still.
4: come from it, and
0: right. and so that could be really damning to right. that person's you know social life. It could even be damning towards their job and different things like that. I mean, good thing that that, that there's laws and right, yeah. things that are in <laughs> place. That right, and that's they,
3: a personal choice. And some people, um, some people make that choice, and for all sorts of reasons, you know, people want. Want to increase um, visibility for you know to 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 bring visibility to the virus to to humanize it and um, that's a great way to do that. Um, as far as um, disclosure of your uh, HIV status um, as a as an undetectable status, so years ago there were two HIV statuses, right. Negative and positive. <laughs> exactly. Now there are more. So there is, So when someone says they're negative, what does that mean? Um, so to me, someone can only say that they are absolutely positively negative if they are recently tested, right? have not engaged in any sorts of activity that would um, put them at risk for seroconversion to HIV positive. Um, and then that person could say that I am HIV negative as of my last test Test, on June 1st. Um, There is HIV positive, undetectable. This is a a person that um, was diagnosed as being HIV positive, is on antiretroviral therapy meds, adheres to treatment, and has suppressed their viral load to the point of being undetectable or untransmittable HIV positive um, untreated um, for many reasons. And, and one of the biggest reasons is the stigma of HIV that people choose not to be treated for HIV. Um, the stigma is so great that some people would rather hide right. and risk the um, and risk becoming ill rather than choose to see doctors and make it known that they are HIV positive.
0: Denial is a huge thing. Denial
3: is a huge thing. Mental health issues are a huge thing and they they go hand in hand, um, in, uh, in having people that are, um, not linked to care or don't adhere to care. Right. Um, and then there is, um, I don't know is this which, which is
1: really the most dangerous.
3: I don't mm. know. I'm not <laughs> tested. I don't know. I don't go to the doctor. I don't go to the doctor. I don't know. Um, yeah. So it's not just a matter of um, we're going to hook up and we're going to have sex. Okay. What's your status? It's right. not as easy as positive, negative, And it certainly isn't a matter of saying that you're clean. Right. So, what is your
0: recommendation as far as um, like how often somebody should go and get tested? Well,
3: it depends how sexually active you are. I mean, I'm pretty slutty, so like I test <laughs> often. <laughs> um, so I'm at low. So the, the the types of sex that I have are very low risk for HIV, um, but I still test for HIV, and um, and I make sure that I test for all the different. STIs as well because um um those are you know those are an issue if you're sexually active um as well.
0: Um well since we're talking a little bit about this um so how do you think about um Utah's sex education system?
3: You know <laughs> I don't think there is a sex education system here in Utah. Honestly, um it's really left up to the parents, and the culture here really, um, it's not really um, friendly. Um, it's very suppressive. To have those sort of conversations with your kids. Um, and, uh, you know, luckily there's a lot of good information online, um, and, and kids can find out about um about sex and such sex education and <laughs> hiv if they choose to Ah, uh, the internet yes that's how we
0: all learn things it, nowadays it
1: really is. <laughs> well so that's kind of the other thing is you know you you lived through the the late 70s and early 80s and for me as as a grade school student in the 80s um you know before the internet was a thing uh the huge huge stigmas about aids when and like you said when it first came out you know what is this what does it do and the 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 mass hysteria around it and and the the way they treated us as kids towards it you know and and that goes into the sex education thing is it's like it, it instead of educating us as kids It was just avoid it, stay away from it, don't do it, it's bad, you know, and it was really
3: harmful. Oh, I know. You know, just just a few years ago when I first started to uh, inject myself into the... um, I love that word, inject. (laughs) Into the um, health departments here in in Utah on both the county and the state level, when I first... um, started this process, um, abstinence was the number one thing that they were touting, um, to reduce the risk of sexually transmitted yeah, was, well, infections and, and HIV. For a while it
1: was abstinence
3: only. Yes. And I had, I, I actually had a very large part in removing that from first the Salt Lake County and now statewide. Well, that's good.
1: That's actually great because that's, you know, that's one thing um, that I grew up with because I grew up right in the middle of that abstinent only thing. And it was it, it you know, it was it, it it made you so paranoid to do anything with anybody ever that it was it was terrible.
3: You know, one of the one of the ways that I helped affect that change was by telling people um, that were that are government employees that are um That are being paid to stop infectious disease in the state of Utah, you have two choices. You can either continue to tow this um, abstinence only um, campaign that really does not work and is just, uh, you know, it's a morally charged thing. Or you can do your fucking job and, <laughs> and actually prevent the spread of infectious disease. And they're, they're really the only two choices, do your job or not to do your job. Right. And you get to pick that. And, um, you know, sometimes it takes saying that to people to make them think, you know, you're right. I need to do my job. And, you know, fast forward now, it's, I think, I'm about three plus years into the into this, um, working with the state and the counties here in Utah. We're about to launch. Oh, so in January, about to launch this major campaign on a statewide level through the state health department um, for um, f- it's it's our getting to zero program, and you will start to see billboards along all the highways and television commercials and radio spots and and all sorts of things that um with the messaging that is meant to humanize HIV and reduce the stigma of HIV and encourage testing for HIV.
0: Okay, that's Great. awesome. That's awesome. I mean just speaking about Utah and growing up in good old Utah here.
1: It- <laughs> well, you grew up in Happy Valley the which center is, of Utah.
3: <laughs> yeah, which is
0: the heart of Utah where where everything is very very happy and
3: so, so So I'm kind of a kinky guy. I don't know if you know that about me. I I didn't know that <laughs> at all. And I find that the absolute kinkiest men are from Utah County in Utah. Well, it's because oh, we're so suppressed
0: my and a lot of those people they just have their imagination. Oh my
3: goodness. Thank goodness. Yeah, because <laughs> you wouldn't believe the despicable things I get those, oh, these men to do. That's,
0: that's why I'm innocent. I'm one hundred percent gear and innocent. But um uh, the what I what point that I was going to also bring up is when I was growing up, like I didn't really hear anything about um, about sex or how to protect myself. And um, it was quite literally like, I mean, basically it was my coach that my parents signed this paper and it was my coach that was talking about all these weird things. And nobody wants to hear those things from their coach. Like, I mean, <laughs> out, of, out of anybody, I, I almost wish that it was like somebody like, Separate or I don't know, like a school doctor or I don't know, or a professional that came in specifically from the health department of some sort to to talk about that particular subject that was certified instead of a coach that is wanting me to do pushups and I don't want to do well
1: that. <laughs> the the biggest problem with that is he didn't want to do it either
0: no, he didn't
1: you know the the whole ah, we'll just throw it on somebody. And here, talk about these points, and that's it. And it's we're here. We're
0: gonna have you watch a video,
1: right? It's really suppressive. It's not informational. So yeah, having an ad campaign like what you were talking about is is a great idea to actually get the correct um, information out versus you know what people think or make up or have heard. And they, you know, you you hear something and you take that as absolute truth. And then for the rest of your life, you're just, you're wrong, but you don't know.
0: Well, and one more thing that I wanted to bring up is that it doesn't just affect the LGBTQ community. No. It also affects um, straight relationships as well, where, um, you know, they are getting married and they're at their honeymoon and they're like i don't know what we're doing we're gonna do the nasty we're gonna (laughs) we're gonna (laughs) how dare you do those like defile my temple with inside you know it's like it prepares people to have these insecure feelings because they've been taught all their life that absence is the only absence it's the only way to be able to um you know, protect themselves. And so they're like freaking out that they're going to get something and then they ruin their whole, I mean, not saying that you have to do it on your honeymoon, but I mean, I, I want to do it on
1: my honeymoon. Well, you know, you you can get pregnant from kissing, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. That's,
0: that's what I was taught growing up. <laughs> that's where babies come from, right from the mouth. Just kidding. <sighs> but... So we have an email. Um, click this one's. A, this one's from Misky. Would you be willing to pull that up and read it?
1: <laughs> you don't want to. There's a lot of big words in it.
0: I know, but I'll mess them up and I'll look dumb,
1: <laughs> <laughs> and then another califado will come about. Califado. Oh, jeez, califado. And Wisconsin, Texas. Uh, you were there for
0: both of them. I was. <laughs> <It's> so terrible. <laughs>
1: Ah, oh, okay. This one's it's kind of lengthy, but we'll get through it. <clears throat> so, hi, peeps. I wanted to contribute with a few things I thought would be relevant. As a teenager, I volunteered for a rural community project at a school in Namibia, Namibia, a country with one of the highest prevalences of HIV in the world. About one-fifth of the population was HIV positive at the time I was out there, but I'm glad to see this has has been decreasing awareness of HIV seemed to be a fairly seemed to be fairly good as nearly everyone has a friend or family member who is affected there were stickers all over the school which said fight HIV not people with AIDS when we were decorating a teacher's accommodation we observed a lot of medication out which made us wonder if they were affected Three-quarters of Namibians and nearly all pregnant mothers and children in need living with HIV are on antiretrovirals. The playground was full of broken glass, and most of the students at the school didn't own shoes. Most of the volunteers refused to clear up the broken glass without the appropriate equipment to do this safely. Were we wrong to do this? Um... My parents worked at the hospital when it had its first HIV-positive test result. Contrary to the misconception at the time that AIDS was a gay disease, the patient was a heterosexual married man who had used heroin in the past and shared needles. I'm disappointed that PrEP is not currently available to everyone who might need it in the UK. It is freely available in Scotland and Wales, but it's only available to 10,000 individuals in England. And there's a pilot going on in Northern Ireland. Thank you so much for covering this topic. It's so important, and I look forward to the episode. Thanks, Miski the Chinchilla.
0: And then Miski also had a P.S. Let's go ahead and read that, too.
1: P.S. As someone who is polyamorous, I have to be extra careful about safe sex practices. I think that regular testing is important for everyone, even people in monogamous relationships. We tried to cover this in a relationships panel when we ran uh, that we ran at Confuzzled, but we wanted um, but we wanted help from a qualified sexual health professional, and sadly, as CFZ was the same weekend as Birmingham Pride, none were available. Sometimes I wonder if we should make another attempt at raising awareness because young Ferties strike me as a particularly vulnerable demographic. Who would benefit from education about sexual health? What are your thoughts? Thanks, Miski. So that's a lot to digest. Um, let's start with the, um, like at the Namibia schools, and um, where basically volunteers refuse to clean up broken glass without the proper uh, equipment to do it safely in so in a community where aids and hiv is so prevalent you know you can't you can't really expect people to do
3: to put themselves in danger so the hiv virus is a very delicate little flower and i um it would be very very difficult for um even if the broken glass had blood from someone that was hiv positive and not um, virally suppressed, for that virus to live in that very hostile environment on a piece of broken glass on the floor in Namibia. So, right, that's number one. Number two, um, I can see refusing to to clean up broken glass without proper equipment because that puts yourself not not in the line of uh, danger for HIV, but to get cut. Right and, Well, and that's yeah. And there's there's a, a lot of other. There's a bad lot of other things. things. Yeah. So uh, I, I'm not quite sure how to answer that. I think that being asked to clean broken glass without proper equipment probably would warrant not wanting to do that, not wanting mm-hmm. to get right. cut or put yourself into danger.
1: Well, that's, yeah, you know, I mean, you're exactly right. As it pertains specifically to HIV, probably not so much a problem. However,
3: there's a lot, you of, know, yeah.
1: you get an open cut. And it doesn't get treated right. There's a lot of other infectious diseases that aren't sexually transmitted that you that could will get. take you out. <laughs> yes.
0: Well, I think it's. I mean, it, anything that revolves around blood. Like I, I worked at um, at a place where I was cleaning out blood vials, and uh, you have to make sure that you're really careful on what you're doing, and um, make sure that you're. Um, you know, that you're well-protected. And, and usually when it, before it even comes to me, it gets sterilized and it gets thrown into a sterilization unit. So really anything that was in there is completely, you know, usually dead, but they have some particular, um, they have an extra training that you have to go through in order to be able to to work specifically with just cleaning out vials with, with blood. So you know, I I think that it's right for people to take any sort of precaution when it
3: comes to comes to being around blood. Right. So broken glass, no, don't clean it up. Go find <laughs> a pair of gloves or something. Right. And then go clean it up because I think it would be a nice to idea to clean up broken glass from a playground. So just in general,
0: let's go to prep as far as prep in well, the email.
1: That's let's. Um, oh, you have something. So else? So before that, there's the. Uh, um, and it doesn't seem like it's so much a problem now, but going like it, back to the eighties, you know, when HIV was the gay disease, you know, and it's not, it's not so bad now, but it's still, there's still that stigma attached to it.
3: Well, and the reason is that the, uh, in the United States, um, the, the demographic that is mostly affected or most largely affected are men who have sex with men and, uh, and that's just a fact. Um, so it's not, it doesn't only affect men that have sex with men, but, um, we are the biggest, biggest part of the 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 biggest demographic. And, um, and then filter that down because marginalized communities always suffer the most whenever there's any sort of um, health issues. Um, men who have sex with men that are pe- people of color are affected uh, are affected by HIV um, ill proportionately, even out of the out of the entire um, gay male population. So it's really about um, services and education not being available really, to people that are in marginalized communities.
1: Right. Well, and it's it's more of a demographic thing. It's not, um, you know, it only affects... Being gay has nothing to do with whether or not you can get the virus.
4: Yeah.
3: Correct. You can, yes. Because, again, you can get the virus through blood, through semen, through breast milk, and through vaginal secretion. Right. So,
0: So my question is, is then, um, why is it that we currently in, I mean, at least in the United States, I don't know if it's United States or Utah, but um, right now, um, somebody that is LGBTQ that has recently um, had sexual relationship with an individual, um, they cannot donate blood.
3: So that's a law that's been around since the very beginning of the um, HIV... AIDS pandemic. Um, as soon as it was discovered that is a that HIV is a blood borne um, virus, and that the and that the majority of people that were affected by this blood borne disease were um, men who have sex with men, um, that was the easy law to instate. All right, if you've had sex with a man, we want to keep our blood. You know our blood supplies um, free of this virus, and we're not sure how this virus works. So until we figure it out, we're going to just try to eliminate having HIV in the in the um, in the in the blood in the yeah in the, in the supply in the blood supply by um, targeting people that would are most affected by the by the virus. Why um, do
0: you think that that hasn't changed?
3: Um, I think that people are just slow to move. Um, Laws are slow to change. Um, I think that there's still um, a lot of uh, misinformation um, uh, and lack of information about this issue within um, the legislatures that uh, are the people that can actually change these laws.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the reason why I also bring it up is because we we have a friend that works specifically with blood and the blood blanks, uh, the blood blanks, wow, well, the blood <laughs> banks are short on certain specific, um uh, certain specific blood types. And, um you know, sometimes they're, they have this sh- shortage that's going on and it affects people's lives. And so I just I don't know. I just hope that at some point in time that that is something that gets changed so that, you know, we all can do our due, due diligence and if we would like to donate
1: then mm-hmm. then we yeah. can. Well, that's, you know, that's the thing is it's like I'd I'd love to donate but hey, if you don't want it then tough titties, I guess.
3: So the other thing is that the the whole concept of um of undetectable um, viral loads uh, someone with an undetectable viral load is uh, untransmittable this is new this is like news yeah. this has only been you know was only released by the cdc um and the world health organization over the past couple of years and as i mean as everyone knows the wheels of the legal system in this country move very 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 slowly and um the 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 legislatures um Really, throughout the, the nation, are primarily a bunch of um, old white cisgendered men, <laughs> and it's just not in their. It's just it's not on their radar. It's not on their docket. They have other things that they think about, um, and you know, it's only through um, really force that we've even achieved the you know, the civil rights that we have today for our, you know, LGBTQ community. And, you know, we, yes, we are able to marry each other, but we are not protected in public accommodations. Um, We don't have the same um, protections um, that are instilled to other people, um, you know, in the civil rights Act of 1964. Um, we are not protected in housing on the national level. We're not protected in employment on the national level. This is all local level stuff. We're lucky in Salt Lake City um, that it's very progressive here and um, a lot of these um, a lot of these policies came into place early. Um, because we're in this liberal bubble here in 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 the middle of Utah. you saying that we're in our own bubble? <laughs> we are in our own bubble and and we've you know and we had you know um our our former mayor Ralph Becker, you know, who really fought and uh, and won a lot of the protections for our community here and that have spread slowly through the state um are just not national.
0: Well, hey, um we need to actually go on a quick little break. Um, so let's pause our conversation. We have lots, lots more to talk about. We didn't even we didn't even go through the rest of the email yet, but we will get back to that in one minute.
3: Was that like a double entendre furries podcast? We're gonna pause. Uh,
0: <laughs> you are fired. You're fired. <laughs>
5: Hailing frequencies open, Smokescale Aquatus here with another round of news for you. As of Thursday, October 3rd, here are your space headlines. SLS is sounding like it's going to have some long-lasting support. NASA recently announced that they've secured an agreement for Lockheed Martin to build six more Orion crew capsules, the next-generation spacecraft that will hopefully take humans to the moon. I'm still a little dubious about this because it doesn't necessarily mean that the next six will be any cheaper, and only one Orion capsule has been to space for a test flight, to say nothing about how SLS has yet to leave the ground. But if they can make this work without taking another 20 years and costing another 20 billion dollars in development, then I'll be happy to see it fly. A Japanese cargo freighter launched recently taking supplies to the ISS, including fresh batteries to replace older ones that are losing their charge capacity. It also took several experiments and spacewalk equipment. It'll get filled with trash the crew needs to get rid of, then burn up on re-entry. But that's not all that's leaving the ISS. After a Soyuz brought three new crew members to the station not that long ago, the other three that had been on station for the last few months returned home safely. One of those astronauts was the first member of the United Arab Emirates to visit the station. I love seeing more representation from more countries getting into space. Commercial crew and commercial space stations will only open the way for more of that, and that's a very good thing. NASA has announced, after several years of weighing the matter, that they intend to go forward with a mission designed specifically for monitoring near Earth objects, asteroids that pass close enough that they could potentially pose a threat in the future. The Near Earth Object Camera, or NEOCam, has been in development for more than 10 years, but it's finally getting the go ahead and could launch as early as 2025. I'm of the opinion that something like this should have been launched at least 20 years ago. Every time there's an object that enters the Earth-Moon system, that's the universe saying, Hey there, how's that space program coming along? You a multiplanetary species yet? Me? I'm just a little excited to see what kind of data this mission gives us. Last but not least, big news came down recently about NASA's report on a special silver coating for the door to the toilet on the International Space Station. I'm kidding. Of course I have to talk about SpaceX's recent press release about the progress of Starship. Elon Musk was at the facility in Boca Chica recently to explain what all had been done, what had changed, why, and what the expected timeline was. He gave the conference while standing next to a prototype of the massive crewable second stage, and next to it, for scale, the first stage of a Falcon 1, which was utterly dwarfed. He explained the reasoning behind changing from carbon composite to a specific type of stainless steel for the hull of the ship, citing cost, ease of purchase, how it behaves under high and low thermal loads, and it allows them to build the ship out of the open since they don't have a facility large enough to manufacture it indoors. He also explained the change in the fins, landing legs, engine configuration, as well as the changes that were shown on the Super Heavy first stage. Those of you who might just roll your eyes when you see yet another change in the design of this vehicle need to understand that just three years ago, this was just a paper rocket. They had no hardware at all. Now there's a prototype with two more being built for testing purposes. Elon explained that there's no sense in continuing to stay the course on an engineering idea that is too complex and keeps extending the development deadline and that it makes way more sense to just change it to a simpler design that allows you to continue moving without significant delays. And because SpaceX is a relatively small company, it allows them to pivot and shift in whatever direction the engineering says they need to. It's a little frustrating that we don't get to see that super cool looking ship that was shown in the first introduction of the ITS, but we are seeing actual flight hardware being built, not just designed, but built. That's huge in aerospace. The next test will be a 20-kilometer test flight, then a belly-flop-style descent to test the fins, which are actually just air brake flaps. That could happen before the end of the year, but, well, Elon time. We'll see how it goes. SpaceX is still trying to get their commercial crew contract satisfied. Here's hoping they manage to do so sooner rather than later. Boeing is coming up on a pad abort test for their Starliner, so they're closing the gap. That's all for this round. Stay tuned for the next episode of For What It's Worth for More. Until next time this is Smokescale Aquatus saying keep looking up space fans.
0: From your absolutely long potty break. Yay! <laughs> I didn't have to go this time. Me neither. Yeah, it was alright.
1: <laughs> so it was alright.
0: Today. <laughs> um so <clears throat> I'm doing really bad today because you know what? Normally I don't do the patron. <laughs> Normally it's not my responsibility, but because Tugs isn't here. <sighs> So and I don't have the hand, the list on hand. So I'm just gonna say this. Um, well, first of all, somebody needs to be singing, right? Somebody should be singing as I'm I'm reading.
1: No, no, <laughs> no, you're not gonna do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't have a list, so we can't do it properly anyway.
0: That's true. But hey, <laughs> I do want to reach out and thank um, our supporters for donating to Patreon.com/slash. Uh, f w i w it helps us so much to be able to have you know all of our our lovely equipment and also this particular podcast um like the website and uh believe it or not those things cost a lot of money (laughs) and um they don't seem like they do but it definitely adds up over time um uh, for years this this podcast has gone on for a long period of time and um it's been out of pocket but as of recently uh one of my number one goals was is to help this particular show become self-sustaining and think you know because of listeners like you <laughs> you see what i did there? <laughs> <laughs> um we've been able to reach that goal where um we are self-sustaining and um Definitely anything that is donated, it goes directly into the show. Um We actually aren't even using it towards marketing. At some point in time, it'd be great if we had a marketing budget. Um, but all of our stuff is is word of mouth. And um so definitely if you have a few extra bucks that you want to to give a lonely fox that's in his bed eating cookies, um, please donate to patreon.com slash for what it's worth. <laughs> how did I do how did uh, i do
1: that'll that'll do rue <laughs> that'll do
0: <laughs> yay, so should we jump back into the topic? What are we talking
1: about sure um well, I guess we'll just pick right back up with the email um trying to pick it apart um so the subject of prep and its availability and well, I guess first
3: of all, what is prep so prep. Um, is uh, in, in an acronym or an abbreviation for pre-exposure prophylaxis. And it basically is a pill that you take once a day, every day, um, to prevent um, becoming HIV positive if you are HIV negative. So in order to um, qualify to take this drug, there are a couple of things, a couple of um, factors that need to be met. Number one, you have to be assured that you're HIV negative, which means you need um, an HIV test. Um, We also test for kidney function and we test for hepatitis um, B as well, because if you have hepatitis B, it needs to be treated um, and cured um, before you can go on to the PrEP because um that combination of drugs is not good together. So um, if you're HIV negative and you have hepatitis um in 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 medicine, you treat the infection first before you go on to the prevention piece. Um, so why is PrEP so important? Um PrEP is so important um, for a number of reasons, and here's one that a lot of people don't really think about. But like I said, you have to be HIV negative in order to um, take PrEP. Um, So that means you have to have an HIV test. So so this is an additional um, way that we can encourage testing. Um, In the past, um, HIV testing was always this sort of dark place like oh i have to go you know i want to see if i am hiv positive and if i am you know oh it's you know it's sort of the the darkness whereas when you're testing for prep you're going into a place of light you're you're taking control of your sexual health and well-being and you want to you know you you believe that you're negative and you test for the test for the virus and when you have that negative um, result, you can get onto this, um, this prevention plan. Um, if you are positive in that test, you can link to care and get on antiretroviral medicine and reduce your viral load to an undetectable level. So this is sort of a one-two punch against the virus moving forward. Um, test, if you're negative, PrEP. Positive. TASP, or Treatment as Prevention. And it really is the way that we'll get to zero new infections, hopefully in a generation. Right. So what
0: do you recommend for somebody that is interested in getting involved with PrEP? And what are some of the side effects from taking PrEP?
3: So the side effects are relatively, there's relatively low risk. I mean, there are side effects with every drug that you, you know, take, including, you know, Motrin has side effects, um, so some of the side effects that are uh, a bit annoying and tend to go away after a couple of weeks, you could have some diarrhea. You could have, you know, just like going on any new medication, like your body gets sort of used to. Yeah, you have, having to, this you have new to adjust drug.
1: to, and that's a lot of medications will do that. You you once you start taking them, especially if they're long term medications, your body has to adjust to the, basically the chemical balances.
3: So yeah, stuff like that. It, it's annoying, but it will pass. Yeah. And, you know, usually that, um, you know, if you have those sort of side effects, you know, that'll, um, typically last for a couple of weeks, maybe a month. Um, if it goes on longer, you're going to talk to your, to your doctor. Um, there currently we're using Truvada for, for prep, um, which is, um, a drug that's been used as part of an antiretroviral um, um, therapy for people that are, are HIV positive, in conjunction with other drugs. This is just one drug that's that's used. Um, the uh, CDC has just um, uh, has just started the process of um, allowing another drug called Descovy to be used as prep here in the United States. It has been used as prep. Um, in other countries um, for a while now. Um, Is there a generic version yet? So worldwide, yes. United States, no. So the so the patent for Truvada runs out next year. Um, and hopefully there'll be um, generic um, versions of Truvada. But they're now moving towards Descovy because the side effects are fewer with this new drug. So... Um, I guess time will tell which, how that pans out and, and uh, how that works. As far as access, so these drugs are very expensive. And um, if you have health insurance, um, it becomes more accessible. Um, the manufacturer of Truvada and also of Descovy um, is Gilead, and they have an accessing access program that um, provides copay assistance. If you have insurance right now, it's up to $7,800 a year. You get a, a copay card and it covers up to $7,800 of your copays um, f- for those drugs.
0: So is PrEP, you know, getting on those programs, is it, it, does it narrow and make it so that it's almost near to none if you have insurance and the yes. saving insurance card? If, if you have
3: insurance, PrEP is very, very low cost. The drug itself for most people, um, again, there are tests involved, so you're going to have to have your initial blood work done and then blood work every, um, three to four months. Um, cause you need to keep going back to make sure that you still are HIV negative, that your kidney functions are okay. Um, and we also test for, um, STIs at that same time. Um, so there is a cost in that that's you know, not covered in a, in a copay. And depending on your insurance, you know, if you're lucky enough to have a decent health care plan, you know, that stuff is very Usually low it's cost taken care of. Yeah. But if you don't have good insurance, then there is, um, there is expense involved. Um, if you don't have insurance at all, um, Gilead has a program to, to get the drugs for free doesn't cover the labs. It only covers the drugs, and you have to qualify financially. And it's fairly easy to, to do if you have insurance and you have a little bit of help to get through the process. Um, here in Salt Lake City, um, we have a program um, uh, through uh, the University of Utah's Clinic 1A. Um, it's, a, it's a free prep clinic. And it's for the uninsured only. And the process is actually very, very easy. Um, you, you set up an appointment. You can do that online at um, preface, uh, um And you go in. They do all of the lab works for free. Um, they also do the – they log into the Gilead website and they fill out the um, accessing access form for you. So you basically walk in and in an hour you walk out completely tested with a prescription and then you go to the drugstore and you pick it up and it's free. Um, so that's that's actually a really, um, it's a great program and, and we're one of the few places in the nation that have a program like that. Um, so we're, we're lucky here in Salt Lake City. Um, for that particular program. Unfortunately, there is such a demand that the wait time, you could wait three months to get your initial appointment. Um, But uh, uh, you can, if you call, you can get on a wait list for um, cancellations, and a lot of times they will get you in a little quicker. So I actually went with someone um, last week as sort of a secret shopper because I'm involved with... um, the state health department organization that sort of has oversight over this. So, I went in with someone and went through the process with him. You know, walked him through the whole thing, and no one knew who I was except for the the main doctor who I work with all the time.
4: Mm-hmm.
3: And uh, it was it was really quite fabulous. Um, there was um, cultural competency um, from the beginning of the process to the end, from the front desk. Through the lab work, through the different uh, technicians that came in, um, they had students um, trail the healthcare professionals because they're learning how to do this, um, and everyone was really quite wonderful. They get, you know, A plus um, plus straight across the board. It's a great program. They passed. That's great. Um, so
1: it's kind of a double edged sword. I mean, in the <clears throat> There's wait times because there's so many people doing it, but it's also a good thing because there's so many people doing
3: it. Right. Uh, so here's the. Uh, so here's the reason why there's such a long wait time, and so because of the labor laws in this country, which are good, <laughs> um, you cannot volunteer to do work for a company that you work for. Really? Yes. Weird. Well, that keeps that that
1: keeps keeps them from expecting free ex- work,
3: exploiting you for yes, for yes. That's free understandable. work. Understandable, yeah. yeah. So there are a lot of people in that, or in, you know, in the University of Utah medical program that would love to volunteer to do this, and if they were able to, we could get that wait time down to next to nothing. But everyone's got to get paid, and the medical assist so that the doctors can bill very little. So that's covered, but it's all the medical assistants that are doing that all have the to,
1: They have to make their regular salary no matter they what. They have to
3: make their regular sal- salary no matter what. So it's getting the funding to cover that that's been um, the biggest battle in trying to r- reduce the wait times. Um, so,
0: So was there anything else in that email that we...
1: Um, I think we covered most of the the main email. Um, as far as the PS goes, um,
0: uh, they talked a little talked bit about, about being younger furries, polyamorous,
1: um, and you know, of course, if you're poly, you're gonna have to be a little more careful. You know, you that's the whole multiple partners thing. But you know, you got to be careful anyway. Uh, and then just, they also just watch yourself. And they also then, brought up the younger furries as well, and the, the so. They're pretty vulnerable. Doing, as far as doing a panel at a convention, if you, anything you can do to raise awareness on this subject, and and get the correct information out there, I would say go for it. Do, every opportunity you get, you know, if you have the right information and if you can get the right people to give the right information, go for it especially with younger furs.
3: Yeah, I mean outreach and, and outreach and education are really the the biggest tools that we have.
0: So so something that we have a huge stigma, I think at least in our local community is that talking about these particular things or having a panel about these particular things is basically saying that the fandom, the furry fandom in general is a sexual fandom. Right. And I think what people just need to wake up to is that everybody has sex yes people have <laughs>
3: sex so yes the fandom is sexual because they're people they're people and people have sex so god damn it if there's a knitting convention <laughs> yes. there should be an hiv like oh my god i want to so do like <laughs> hiv discussions at knitting conventions <laughs> <laughs> you know and uh, so um the 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 whole. I'm going to go back to the education piece. Um, I've been doing these talks in schools. Um, I'll be at the Utah Valley University um, towards the end of October doing a um, a discussion um, about sex positivity and and all of this will be included in the discussion. Um, the The discussion is called. Uh, it's. it's Safety, consent, and satisfaction. Uh, and it's a, sort of a sex positivity 101 thing. And, uh, again, like having people go out and talk to younger people um, is key. Right. Well, and it's not – that's –
1: you know, Rue Ru is exactly right. You, you, You've got to get over the stigma of sex is bad. And just because you're talking about safety and education doesn't mean you want everybody to go out and have sex all the time. You know what I mean? Well, (laughs) right. (laughs) (laughs) Right. But
3: I think people should be out having sex all the time because (laughs) sex is a part of being human. And I think it's
0: like the natural handshake, right? It
1: is. (laughs) But, you know, don't be afraid to, to, you know, for this specific example, set up a panel or something in a in a con because you're worried, you know. It's like the there's a few cons now that have a mobile testing center come in and they'll do on the spot HIV test. And I think it's great. But a lot of people are like, "Well, that just promotes sex and that Not just makes my everybody think, yeah." it doesn't oh. exist here, you know. So it's uh, people just need to get over Well, hey, it.
0: you guys, just real quick. We do have... We're running a little bit low on time. We do have two emails real quick that I want to make sure we get through.
3: But could I, I just... Yeah. So that email came from Great, Great Britain? Um, I'm assuming so, yeah. It says so, in the UK. So one thing I want to just really quickly touch on. So Truvada is very expensive in the United States and there isn't generics, but it is available worldwide, generic versions. In fact, you can get three months uh, worth of prescription of, of Truvada. Uh, uh, that's a generic through different uh, companies. One is, in, there's a place in Thailand, there's a place in Australia, um, and um, it's very inexpensive. So there's no reason if you feel like you need PrEP um, not to get on prep. Get a, yeah, find a way. And if you want to figure out where those places are, um, I run an organization here called Black Boots. And if you go to uh, blackbootsslc.org and go to the prep talk page, you'll find out the, you'll find the links for that low-cost prep worldwide. Nice. So this email is from
0: Shane. It says, Dear cast and crew of for what it's worth, even with how the treatments have gotten more effective, um, it, seems, it still seems... Like a diagnosis can be a death sentence because there's no guarantee that you'll react to treatment the same way the doctor would expect. The two most famous people who have been diagnosed might be good examples. Freddie Merc- Mercury um, had three good years after his diagnosis. Unfortunately, his body was still in a weakened state. His health deteriorated, and he had con um, con. Uh, I cannot speak. Contracted, not contracted, but con. Um, oh my gosh, contracted, contracted. Okay, um, pneumonia. Um, his death occurred about three and a half to four years after he he was diagnosed. Magic Johnson um, had been living with HIV and chose uh, and close to 30 years Has for close, been living. He's for still close alive. to 30 years and likely can go on another 12 without a lot a lot of drama um let me
3: know what you think shane ah uh-huh. so freddie mercury um became hiv positive and died, and which progressed to aids and died at a time that we did not have modern day antiretroviral medicine so that's ancient history um and Um, It's not really a good example to use in 2019 um, of what it's like to be diagnosed with an HIV-positive diagnosis. Times have changed. Um, The medicine is completely different, and the majority of people that are diagnosed and put on antiretroviral um, therapy treatments with today's drugs live positive, healthy, healthy, normal lives with HIV. So unfortunately we did not have them, the, those drugs at the time that um, Freddie Mercury was diagnosed as for magic Johnson. I do. not I don't know his particular situation, but what I do know is that there are many people that live for that were diagnosed early and live um, for a very long time being HIV positive Um. For a number of reasons, um, there, there's actually a genetic, um, a genetic thing where your, your body um, fights the virus the same way that antiretroviral um, drugs fight the virus, and you can maintain um, a, a, an undetectable viral load um, just through your own body. Um, this is a rare, rare occurrence, um, but it can happen. Um, so again, I don't know how magic Johnson's, you know, I don't know how his health is, but I do know, yes, he's lived a long time with an HIV positive diagnosis. And I know of other people that have for a very long time and each person is different. Um, but what I do know, um, is that the thing that's not different is that if you are HIV positive and you do, take antiretroviral, the modern day antiretroviral treatment drugs, you have a very, very good possibility of it um, letting you live with HIV um, in a happy and healthy way. So don't think about HIV in the 80s. This is now 20, it's almost 2020. You know, learn the latest facts about HIV and share them with your friends. So
0: we have another email from anonymous do you want to go ahead and read
1: that Uh, i'm sure if i find it oh um it's a shorty and we kind of already covered it but so how do you practice water sports safely what stis can be spread through urine and can hiv spread through urine ah water sports
3: so I happen to know a little bit about water sports. <laughs> I, I know you know a lot about water sports. And
0: that's not because, uh, trust me, that anonymous wasn't from me by no means. But. Oh, okay.
3: <laughs> so um, urine is just an inhospitable um, environment for, um, for many, many things. Uh, and although the possibility exists, um, and I'll explain how that happens in a little bit, the possibility does not exist for HIV, because again, HIV, HIV is only transmitted four ways: blood, semen, breast milk, vaginal secretion. So, what if you have blood in your urine, or what if you have, you know, and some other sort of infection um, in your urethra? What if you have gonorrhea or chlamydia? Um, urine is not a good environment for those particular infections and bacterias. So one way to, to sort of help um, if you are concerned about those things is rather than take that first, um, that first bit of piss that comes out to let it clear out a little bit, because that will help um, clear the pathway in the urethra. Um, and provide a more sterile urine for whatever you want to do with it. For (laughs) consumption? Yeah. (laughs) But, Uh, you know, just like any other um, sex, there is a risk for things like gonorrhea, chlamydia, syphilis, um, uh, and... These are infections. That's why we no longer use the term STD, which is a sexually transmitted disease, because a disease would uh, a, a disease um, sounds like something that's more chronic. These are infections. These are bacterial infections, like a strep throat. I mean, if you if someone if you had sex with someone and they gave you strep throat, would you be upset about it? Um, a lot. Most people are not. But that same person that contracted gonorrhea which is another bacterial infection, um, is upsetting to some people because uh, of the stigma associated with certain um, infections, certain bacterial infections. These are infections. They're easily treatable treatable with antibiotics. And just like strep throat, you take your antibiotic and you get rid of the infection.
0: So another question for you. Can you get HIV through
3: oral sex? Um, So theoretically, if all of the stars align, it could possibly, possibly happen. And again, there needs to be like all these open sores and open, like open sores in your mouth, open sores. Yeah. Your gums are bleeding. Gums are bleeding and it's, and there's, you know, someone that is, um, uh, HIV positive that is not undetectable and, you know, everything has to really line up. Um, the fact is there really aren't cases of this documented, um, and it's hard and it would be very hard to document those cases because most of the time people that are having sex, if you're having oral sex, you're going to, it's going to move on to something else a lot of the times. So how do you know where that contact Mm -hmm. happened? I can tell you that I've been sucking cock for 40 plus years. <laughs> and if it were transmittable easily um through oral sex, I probably would be HIV positive. But that's not the case. Um it's just as very very low risk.
1: Yeah, you it's not one of those you can definitely say no it's not because it of course it's always possible but like you said very very low risk
3: yeah you know almost uh, uh, you know almost negligible right so i suggest that everyone suck more dick <laughs>
2: <laughs> i don't know which sponsor we're going with yet you people scare me read okay mr director there you go read the book book. you just read the book this is this is this is the love i get here you know all this content that we've had we got king artard this season we've got you know we got all these imaginative company names and yet what do i get here i get like nasco they could be uh Mispronunciation of card races, or it could be condoms for horses. You pick. Someone's got to roll those things. My goodness. Chapter 20 through 26. Another reading from the Bible of 50 Sheds of Grey. Do not behave like the Canaananana Knights. Yahweh... He's back to Yahweh again, said to Moses. Now, when you get to the promised land, you cannot behave like Katanananananites. Why? What do they do? They fork their animals. Moses was shocked. They fork their sheep? And their goats? Sure, they fork them, and not just the sheep and goats. They'll fork a camel, or a squirrel, or a hen, or any other animal they can corner. And when they come home with fresh wool goat hair feathers hanging off their uh wind chimes, they'll fork the first woman they see. They don't care if it's their mother, granddaughter, niece, nephew, 15th cousin. Doesn't matter. A kana na 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 night will fork anything with a hole. Wow. They call kinds of filthy animals. I despise them. Why do you think I'm giving you their land? Well, I thought maybe you were making up for forgetting about us for a thousand years. Are you insane? Heck no. Those bait-hard Kananananananites don't deserve land. I'm just going to give it to you. Don't defile yourselves like they do. You must be holy, because I'm holy and I have you idiots apart from all other people. You understand what I'm saying? You idiots are better than all other people because you are my own special people. i don't know what to say thanks i guess good we have an understanding now from now on as long as you obey me and stay clean i will live among you feed you protect you from attack from men or animals i'll multiply your numbers you'll be a hundred times more powerful than your enemies i am your god and i brought you out of egypt but if you disobey me well just don't that's my advice why what are you going to do to us I'll waste you fools with disease, and I'll blind you, and I'll kill your crops. I'll make your enemies attack you and lay siege to your cities, and I'll cut off your supply of bread and starve you until you eat your children. I'll kill you with plague, I'll make you vote Republican, I'll destroy your high places, and pile your dead bodies on top of your idiot idols. I'll waste your cities and your sanctuaries, and I won't give a rat's ass about your sacrifices. I'll send wild animals to eat you, your children, and your livestock, until your land is deserted. I think Yahweh's got a little bit of a thing he's trying to make up for here. I don't know about his wind chimes.
0: Let's go on to final thoughts. Or actually, that could be your final thought. It's (laughs) (laughs) mine. Oh, the witch's cauldron, yeah. Of course. Of (laughs) course. But any other final thoughts from the guests, from from our guest host today? I mean, my final thought's going to be this. Go get tested. There's no reason to be scared about it. You know, if you're going to be sexually active, or if you're going to do something with somebody, it's your responsibility to make sure that you get tested. So then that way you can help, um, you know, not spread this disease around uh, or, or any STIs. Um, it's, it's something that is responsible. So if you're going to do the deed, then make sure that you go get tested, make
3: that part of the deed. Right. Really. Um, you know, uh, being mindful of your own sexual health and well being is being mindful of the sexual health and well being of your partners and the entire community. So,
0: if you love your friends, you love your the people that are around you, and you want to do things with them. I mean, could you imagine if you transmitted something over? And you know, it happens. It happens. But you know, if you take the prevention measures on your own, you're doing your dual di- du- dual diligence. And so I highly recommend um, definitely get tested and get tested frequently.
3: Right. And if someone tells you that, that you um, had sex with, tells you, hey, I just found out that I was you know, diagnosed with gonorrhea or chlamydia, don't get pissed off. Thank them. They have taken a, a big step. Um, to help you with your own sexual health and well-being and you need to thank them for being honest and open and having these conversations don't get pissed off thank them go get tested get treated and uh, it's just part of being uh, an adult about um, having sex right any final thoughts
1: Um, information is power you know get tested if you have the right information spread it if you if you don't um get the right information
0: anything else
3: i think that's
1: it
0: okay well hey thank you so much for coming on today i really appreciate your time coming on yeah uh <laughs> huh anyways <laughs> It's that type of episode, folks. (laughs) But yes, thank you so much. I know that you have a very busy schedule. In fact, you had a very busy evening. Oh, I sure did. into too many details there. Speaking of that, I
3: probably should make an appointment tomorrow for some testing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So anything that you would like to to pimp or share or anything that... That was
1: a bad choice of words. (laughs) Anything you want (laughs) to promote?
0: (laughs) Promote. Thank you. This is why you're here.
4: <laughs>
3: yeah, so um, I run a, uh, an organization here in Utah called Black Boots, and it's a, uh, a gay men's leather sex positive um, group. Um, we have a lot of information about HIV and STI prevention and treatment and a list of local providers in Utah and all sorts of resources for low cost and free testing treatment. Uh, and it's uh, all on our webpage at www.blackbootsslc.org.
0: And how do how do people reach out to you if they have, like, any general questions?
3: Um, they can go to the website and there's a, a contact button. And they can reach out and touch me anytime they want. <laughs> oh, my.
0: <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on to housekeeping. Uh. Yay!
4: chores.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you've already done enough chores around the house, right? Yes. <laughs> so, first of all, uh once again, I want to thank um thank our cast. I want to thank our special uh, guest host. Thank you so much Yay. for coming in coming in on today. Wow, I can't <laughs> talk. Um and then of course, our lovely audio guy, uh Voss, who's in the audio booth. He's waving. He's waving He's silently. waving. He is there, <laughs> and he is listening. Make sure that you send him love. In fact, he has an email, Voss at forwhatitsworth.com, so you can send him an email directly if you want.
1: You should spell it because you just say Voss. People are going to send it to vos. Go w- ahead. V-A-O-S.
0: At for what it's worth At
1: forwhatitsworth.com.
0: um and of course thank you for for tugs i mean he couldn't make it today because he's over at a lovely furry convention um doing his own thing (laughs) and then of course thank you fire breath for um his lovely lovely words of wisdom and always you know talking about me every (laughs) single time at the very beginning of the episode so thank you so much for all your help also Make sure that you comment on the site. It definitely makes makes it so that people actually know that people actually are listening.
1: <laughs> if you don't interact, we don't know you're there.
0: We also have social media, Twitter, Facebook, um, Grinder. No, just kidding. We're not there. Um, <laughs> and then we also have Telegram. Telegram. Or Telegram. <laughs> um Please feel free to reach out to us. You can reach out to me at, at Wine Red Fox and I will go ahead and add you to our Telegram group. Um, also, make sure that you tell a friend about our lovely, lovely show. Like I mentioned earlier in this episode, all of the things that we all, all of our marketing is word of mouth. Uh, we don't really have. Um, a marketing budget <laughs> but eventually hopefully we'll get there but um but for now just tell a friend and um pass it around on social media all right i think that's it for good old housekeeping Yay. so what's our next episode
1: our next episode my little pony
0: the end so we are going to be talking specifically about My Little Pony and how the uh, how their fandom is might be changing a little bit. How we may be welcoming bronies into our community. Okay. I know that most we, we've we've there's, already there's invited them but, anyway. But um, basically, we're going to be looking at how um, their fandom has been affected by the whole fact that their show is now over. Anyways, till next time, this has been Rue.
3: And Click. And Michael.
0: And this has been For, for what, what It's, it's worth. worth. You have to say it. Oh,
3: for What It's Worth.
0: Yay!
4: <laughs> Yay!